The Hamden County Sheriff's Office is not your average law enforcement agency. Our correctional staff provide a firm but fair approach to corrections as we change countless lives for the better. In the community, Sheriff Nick Cochise's Never Say No philosophy has evolved the field of community policing, bridging the divide between residents and the unmet needs in our neighborhoods. If you want to help make the world a better place while earning a good salary with great health insurance, paid time off, and a pension, please visit hcsdma.org and click Join the Team to apply today. This show may contain subject matters not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed by guests of this show do not necessarily reflect those of WHMP. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. John Wesley, leader of the revival movement, Methodism. Welcome everyone to this week's The Hustler Files right here on WHMP. I'm Lisa Riley, your host, and today's subject on second chance hiring can be for some a very controversial one. And for those who are not familiar with the term, second chance hiring is the practice of giving individuals with criminal records a fair and equal opportunity at employment. I know I've mentioned the book Untapped Talent a few times in our shows. Author is Jeffrey Korzenik, and it's become one of my favorites regarding prison reform and specifically second chance hiring. I want to share a quote that Jeffrey has in the book, and he says, equality of opportunity does not mean equality of outcomes, but one cannot escape the fact that tens of millions of people with a criminal record don't get the chance to succeed. So that brings me to today's guests, a pioneer for over 20 years as a second chance employer. I'd like to welcome Mel O'Leary, president and CEO of Meredith Springfield, a preferred solutions provider of custom blow molded products for a variety of Fortune 100 companies. And with Mel today is Lewis, a Meredith Springfield employee and successful second chance hire. Mel and Lewis, thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited you're here with us on The Hustler Files. Mel, why don't you tell our listeners how we got connected to have you on the show? I think it's because we're active supporters of the Hamden County Sheriff Department, the whole corrections program, and their pre-release and post-release employment programs that we've been involved with for years. They probably referred us as one of their active employers of folks that uh, come out of the institution. I'm, as I've already said, very thrilled that you're joining us because second chance hiring is a very controversial subject. And in the prison reform world, it's basically very black and white. And I think second chance hiring is getting a lot more visibility these days. But I'm thrilled that you're involved in second chance hiring. But you've also been doing this for a really long time, like 20 years. Yeah, that's correct. 20 years and hundreds of folks have come through our doors that we have helped transition out of the institution to back into work life. So I'm going to ask you to tell our listeners, the story that you told me when we chatted offline last week about how 20 years ago you got involved in this Hamden County Sheriff's Second Chance Hiring Program. Well, sure. It all started on a a Monday morning. I I recall it clearly 20 years ago. My uh, admin came in and said, Mr. O'Leary, there's um, a couple of uh, 
sheriff's deputies here from the sheriff's department. Uh, they have guns and badges, and they want to see you, which gets your attention on a Monday morning before you've had your second cup of coffee. I invited the guys in and asked them what I could do for them, of course. They got right into it about how they had a program for folks that were in pre-release or on ankle bracelets, and they were looking for people to give them a second chance and hire them so they could uh, build a resume or get some work-life skills. It was a program they had established and that they would support. So when you had this meeting with these two sheriff deputies, what was going through your head? What were you thinking as as they were telling you about this pre- and post-release program? Well, I got to be honest with you, in the back of my mind, I wasn't buying any of it. Although, you know, we did some bonding and rapport and figured out that uh, me and one of the deputies that came over had both gone to Cathedral High School. When I wasn't showing interest, they, you know, started to appeal to my Irish Catholic background, I believe. Still wasn't going to do it, regardless of um, what I had learned and been through. Uh, I just said, uh, you know, I'm really not interested. I, I, I think people that have broken the law and have uh, done bad things don't belong in my facility. They they belong in, in, in jail. I was, I was pretty adamant about it, but they persisted. So you really had the mentality at that point in your life of someone's committed a crime, doesn't matter what it is, throw them in jail or prison and throw away the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. As, un, uh, as unchristian as it may seem, that was pretty much my, my uh, mindset at the time. It all started that day when they, you know, they wore me down and they got me to agree to take one guy in. They started to win me over when they explained the merits of how they vet the candidates, would let us interview folks and choose from among a, a field of people they thought would be a good fit. They told us how they would arrange transportation, make sure that they were on time for work, that they that they weren't drunk or on drugs. And all of these side aspects started to um, appeal to me as there, it might be a no-risk situation that was easy lifting for us. So um, I agreed to take in one person, then we took in more, then we took in more. We had them working on all three of our dips 24-7, and the crowd program continues today. I think we have six or seven uh, folks from the institution working with us right now. I would say on an average, a couple per shift is what uh, is what we have. And of course, we have employees that are permanent employees. In fact, some of them are in supervisory positions now or higher responsibility that came to us as you know pre-release, stuck with us through six, eight months of uh, incarceration, stuck with us through bracelet and ankle monitoring and probation and so forth, and now have careers at Meredith Springfield, and they're valued members of our team. That brings me to another question that I was going to ask you about. These are not violent offenders, correct? Yeah, um, that would that that was made very clear in the, in the very beginning, and not by us, but by them. Is this would be non-violent folks? So it's drug charges, child support violations, it's traffic violations. You know, those some of those kinds of things can happen to anybody. Could happen to your kid, could happen to your cousin, your brother-in-law, the neighbor next door. You know, wrong time, wrong place. People make mistakes and some of them end up in jail. Any pushback over the years from your employees at all for supporting second chance hiring? We've had no pushback whatsoever. Uh, in fact, just by the nature of our work, we have director-level people from Fortune 100 companies visit our site in Ludlow when we're doing projects for them and stuff. And, and we highlight that we do this, and we challenge people, play a little game. Uh, we'll put an executive out on our floor and introduce them to some people and so forth. And we ask them afterwards if they 
if they thought they ran into any hardened criminals while they were out on the floor. And uh, they always get it wrong. That's really interesting. And I was going to ask you that question about the Fortune 100 companies, because my initial thought, perhaps, you know, these high level executives from these Fortune 100s would find it sort of an aberration or, you know, be shocked by the fact that here they were in Ludlow, Massachusetts, with one of their top manufacturing companies, and you were supporting a second chance hiring. So the fact that you're saying that they're not shocked by it, and they've been very supportive, and they come back at you and ask questions even after they've left. They, they've taken it a step further, too. We've actually had a couple of, of uh, companies have, have contacted us uh, from out of state, you know, contact me and specifically ask the details of how the how the uh, the program works. I told somebody about it that I knew in New Hampshire, and they reached out to their sheriff's department, and the commissioner of the correction in New Hampshire invited me as an employer to come up and speak to their commission and folks about the program in a state right next door to theirs that they know nothing about and don't do anything at all like about it. And they thought it was quite interesting. Wow, that's great. We need to take a quick break and we'll be right back. There's a lot more to come right here on this week's The Hustler Files. Employment, housing, identifying documents, addiction treatment, education, veteran services, and legal advocacy. They're all part of what we offer at the all-inclusive Support Services Center of the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. We provide services to justice-involved individuals as well as the general public with the goal of improving community safety and the quality of life across Western Massachusetts. Don't let life's challenges lock you up. Be a step ahead. For a hand up, stop by 736 State Street in Springfield or visit us at hcsdma.org. Hello, this is Patrick Kaling, the Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're looking for a career helping people, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office is hiring in many of our departments. We take great pride in our commitment to returning the men in our care to their communities in better health than when they arrived. Your work will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. If you're interested in making a difference, please visit the Mass Careers website for more information. Welcome back to this week's The Hustler Files. This is Lisa Riley, your host, and we're here speaking with Mel O'Leary, president and CEO of Meredith Springfield, a longtime local Western Massachusetts employer and also a longtime employer of Second Chance Hiring. And we are also introducing Lewis, uh, a formerly incarcerated individual who received a second chance to rebuild his future because of Mel's belief in Second Chance Hiring. So Mel, welcome back. And Lewis, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Good to be back. Mel, I know we've been chatting and I'm still going to get back to you shortly, but I want to put a little bit of a spotlight on Lewis here. So, Lewis, I do want to welcome you to the show and also for your willingness to share some of your story. So to set the stage for your current success at Meredith Springfield, I just always like to give our listeners a little bit of a brief overview of your past. We're not going to dig in too deep. You're originally from the Springfield area. Yes, correct. I'm from Springfield. And you're currently 30 years old? Yeah, I'm 30 years old. And because you got involved at a young age with drug conspiracy, you actually served six years from age 18 to 24 in a variety of federal prisons across the country. Is that correct? That's correct. Just to clarify, prison is different than jail. Yeah, so so 
prison and jail are two different things. So jail is when you're going through the process of your case, and prison is when you're actually doing your time. Okay, good. I, I just want to make sure that we're educating our listeners. And then while you were in prison at the various different federal prisons, you studied and received your GED, which is awesome. That's yes, correct. That, that's amazing. And you also, you really worked hard to stay on the good side of the system so that you could be released out on parole. Yes, because when you're in prison, they'll, they'll give you good time. But if you get in trouble and you do things that you're not supposed to be doing, then you're going to have to complete your full sentence. What was your full sentence when you went off to prison? It was seven and a half years. So I did a year and then I did six Six months and a half way out. And that's when you came back to the Hampton County Sheriff's Department? Yes. Yes, I went to the pre-release, which which for the federal inmates, that's like a halfway house. And I did six months there. And that was how you met Mel? Correct. That's how I got to Mary Springfield, because this was like one of the only places where they actually hired convicted felons, I guess. Walk us through that process. How does the process work to get you prepared or get you to interview with Meredith Springfield to potentially get a job? The last prison I was in was New Hampshire, Berlin. Um, They have a um, federal correctional facility there. When I was going to do the six-month halfway house, when I got to the halfway house, which was the pre-release, before you could even get a job, you have to be there for 30 days. So in those 30 days, like, you take classes, which they teach you how to go into an interview. You know, they prepare you. Your your family can bring you clothes on the outside, and or they get, or they, they even give you, like, clothes so you could go to the interview. And so I, I did the 30 days. After the 30 days, it was hard for me because before that, I never had a job before because I was incarcerated at the age of 18, so I really didn't never have a job. So I didn't know how how it was going to be. But one of the counselors there, she she was pretty always good to me, and she told me, well, I have a place where you could go, and, you know, they, they give chances to people like you, and if you go there, um, I guarantee you're going to get a job. And they drove me over here. I filed an application. Um... I went back and they called me the next day to do an interview. I did the interview and I started a week after and I've been here ever since. So Mel, over to you. You pay your pre-release ex-offenders a full wage and benefits the same way you pay your regular employees, correct? Uh, Yes and no. The wages are the same. Entry-level pay would be the same. Raises based on time and grade would be the same. Holiday pay, vacation pay, everything of a compensation is is exactly the same as we do for our employees. But uh, because they're incarcerated, the state's responsible for them. We don't pay for any health insurance, any disability insurance, or make any contributions to a 401k because they don't have them. But as far as the pay rates, exactly the same as uh, our regular employees. And uh, if you're interested to know, we don't pay the employee, send their check to the jail and the jail uh, gives them a stipend out of the out of the pay. They take the stipend, they take their rent because they have to pay towards their room, room and board at the jail. And then what's left after that, they put in a savings account for them, which they uh, give them when they leave the institution once and for all. 
That's awesome. So, Lewis, you started with Meredith Springfield. What was your initial job with them while you were still at the halfway house? So it was an inspector packer. So I'm the one. I was the one who reviewed the, um, the bottles before putting them in the boxes before they get shipped to the customers. And did you find the other employees pretty welcoming to you? I mean, it, there must have been some level of anxiety if you'd never held a job before, and here you are trying to redeem your your future and your yeah, life, right? Anxiety. Yeah. It, at the beginning, it was it was you know I had a little bit of anxiety because I wasn't used to being around people at a job, and but everybody made me feel comfortable, and I wasn't like the first or last person in the pre-release that had got a job here. So not everybody was making me feel uncomfortable, you know? Practically nobody made me feel uncomfortable. Like, I felt pretty comfortable. Um, the, the I had anxiety because I was incarcerated for so long that it was just kind of weird in the beginning, and it was kind of hard for me, like, to, like, get used to it, being around, like, people that are working, me working, and after after a couple of weeks, it was, it was normal. That's awesome. So, Mel, over to you. Do you meet with people like Lewis when they come to interview? Are you part of the interview process, or is that all on your HR team? Um, HR handles that. Um, they go, you know, they work with the sheriff's department uh, for the selections and, uh, you know, choosing who we are going to ask to come to work with us and the whole onboarding process. I, I don't uh, really get involved at, um, at that level, but I tried to make it a point to know uh, who's, you know, working for us. It's from the institution, and I have regular communication with the sheriff's department. And um, quite the contrary to, I think, the question you're asking me, I have to tell you honestly that through this whole process with you, I've learned more about Lewis's past than I knew before this interview because I don't make it a point, and we in general at the company don't make it a point to know the details of their past. We, we, we want to look out the windshield with these folks. We don't want to look in the rearview mirror. And we say that all the time. That's why we keep the the past conversation to a quick overview so our listeners can understand where people are coming from, but what's more important is actually where they're going. So, Lewis, Lewis, you finished up your six months at the halfway house, and then Meredith Springfield offered you a full-time position to stay on? That's correct. And how long were you there on your first stint? After that, I was here for about three years. And, and then I, I'm sorry, go ahead. Then, yeah, then I had moved. I had to move um, to to Lawrence because at that time I was um, with somebody. With a, um, and so I moved over there so I couldn't come every morning and drive an hour over here. So I had to get another job. But then when I moved back to Springfield, um, I had got rehired because they know how, like, I'm a good worker and all that. So it wasn't hard for me 
like I started I came back to Springfield and I started working that that same week. And Mel, I know we've talked about this. You said about a third of the employees that you've brought in through the Second Chance hiring program have stayed with you over the years. I think that's a tremendous number. Um, yeah, uh, but you can you have to understand that there's reasons why people wouldn't stay. Uh, for example, there's there's folks that have been incarcerated who have come from high level jobs. You know, we've had teachers, architects, engineers, truck drivers, welders, electricians. We've had people at all different levels of skills come and work at Meredith Springfield uh, while they were incarcerated because it's a much better situation to be kind of semi out in the community working as opposed to in the institution. Uh, but when their time is done, many leave. Sometimes it's geographics. They leave because uh, uh, they're not from here. They were arrested here and incarcerated here, but they may go back to their home state or home country, actually. So, uh, yeah, not everybody stays. But you've given them a leg up for something that even if they leave you, they got some experience and they can carry that forward to their home state or wherever they end up, correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And in particular, it's it's most important with someone like Lewis, who never had a job before Meredith Springfield. So at least now he has something on his resume and can speak specific jobs and, and responsibilities and duties that he's had to, you know, generate interest with an with a employer in, a, in another location if they choose to do that. And Lewis, you chatted with me last week. You said that you even were able to, in your first three years with Meredith Springfield, receive uh, your certification to be a forklift driver. Yes, forklift driver, um, syphilis um, operator, and pallet jack um, operator as well. And that's the reason why I had got another job, because my experience here. When I moved out of Springfield and I went to where I went to, I was quickly hired because, because of my experience here. That's amazing because those are the type of jobs that are always in high demand. So we're running out of time. I think I'd mentioned to each of you that I wanted you to give me sort of your thought process on a question that I ask all of our guests, which is, do you think you've had an assignment of life in the path that you're on or something you did in the past, or maybe you still haven't found that assignment? Uh, Lewis, I'm going to start with you. I feel like before I didn't know that I had an like, I didn't have an assignment because I wasn't, my mind wasn't on that, you know. But after I had my kids, that's when I knew I had an assignment. And my assignment was to stay out of prison, be a better father, be a better man, and go through the correct route, you know. That's awesome. And you feel like that's happening every day? Yes, I feel. And I feel like if I wouldn't have my kids, or I would have had this job, I feel like I wouldn't even think about having an assignment in life, you know, like having a purpose why I should be doing the good things that I'm doing now and being the good father that I am and being a better man, you know. Well, congratulations. Uh, you should feel really good about who you are and the direction you're taking your life, and, and I think you're to be commended. And I really appreciate you you joining us today. All right, Mel, I have a feeling there's something controversial coming. Go for it. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's controversial, but um, 
you know, I thought long and hard about that assignment you gave me for a week. And I, I have to tell you, honestly, I, I disagree with you a little bit. I think that you're of a different belief system and, and, and faith maybe than I am. I don't really think that I was put on this earth with a singular purpose to, you know, accomplish something great or something like that. I just believe that we're all here to go up every day and do the best we can. And if there's people around us that want to work to their full potential and can work to their full potential, whether they're your friend, your family, a work colleague, a work subordinate, you help them. You help them work to their fullest potential so they can have a great life too. So that's why I think I'm here. Well, again, you're another person that needs a big commendation. And I know you told me that you've been doing this so long that you've even gone to Washington, D.C. and spoken to the Department of Justice about second chance hiring, right? A little twist on that. Washington, D.C. came to me and asked me to testify in front of a a group of folks from the Department of Justice as an employer. Uh, You know, they always like to hear from someone that's in the private sector because that's where the rubber meets the road as opposed to hearing from people from the institutions and so forth. And I was privileged to be able to speak to folks from the Department of Justice on on behalf of the program and uh, on behalf of the Hamden County Sheriff's Department. Really, it has an innovative and and great, great program. It's been a privilege to to be involved with this and to uh, affect a lot of lives. Well, again, thank you for taking the time. Uh, Lewis, thank you as well. This is a great conversation. I can't wait for us to uh, share this through the podcast networks. And um, I thank you very much for coming. And I hope you both have a wonderful week ahead. Thank you. You as well. Take care. We've got to take another short break, and then we'll be right back to wrap up this week with the Hustler Files. So sit tight. There's more to come. Hello, this is Patrick Kaling, the Sheriff of Hampshire County. If you're looking for a career helping people, the Hampshire Sheriff's Office is hiring in many of our departments. We take great pride in our commitment to returning the men in our care to their communities in better health than when they arrived. Your work will matter, not just to the clients we serve, but also to the people of Hampshire County who rely on us to protect public health and safety. If you're interested in making a difference, please visit the Mass Careers website for more information. Welcome back, and I'm always excited to share a relevant message to our weekly subject. This week's message comes from Brianna Wiest, The Pivot Year, and she writes, Discomfort is what happens when we are on the precipice of change. Unfortunately, we often confuse it for unhappiness and cope with the latter while running from the former. It usually takes a bit of discomfort to break through to a new understanding, to release a limiting belief, to motivate ourselves to create real change. Discomfort is a signal, one that is often very helpful. And that's a wrap for this week. It is my hope each week that the stories we share might release limiting beliefs, create impactful conversations, and activate change. As always, a huge weekly thank you to our producer, Leah, and of course, our guests and advertisers for their support. You can find this show and all of our shows on the WHMP.com podcast page and also on any of your favorite podcast sites. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can email me at lisa at WHMP.com. Have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files. (laughs) 